Gracious God, indeed, as we gather in this space, may we be ever aware of your presence. May we indeed open up our hearts, open up the very depths of our soul to your spirit so that we might encounter you afresh and anew this day. Amen. Well, as you think about worship, I mean, what, what is worship? What, what, what does it mean to, to, to come and to participate in worship? Is worship an event? Is worship just something that happens on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. between 10 and um, 11, well, today between 10 and noon, right? Where's Randy? <laughs> maybe, okay, maybe it won't be that long. But, but is, is worship an event? Is it something that just happens on Sunday morning? Is worship an action? Is it, is it something we do? And what is, the, what is the purpose of worship? I mean, why do we gather together um, in this space? Uh, why do we gather together as a congregation for um, what we call worship? What is the purpose of worship? Um, I'm going to attempt to explore some of, those, um, some of those questions today, but I just want you to, uh, to, to think in your mind, what, you know, what is your expectation when you gather for worship? Is your expectation to simply hear some, uh, some wonderful songs that uplift you and make you happy and, and maybe um, hear a message that challenges you or comforts you? Or, or what, what do you hope will happen in the midst of worship. There's a, a couple of passages of Scripture I thought that w- we might take a look at um, today, and I thought I would start with Luke chapter 18, um, in verses uh, 9 through um, 14. Uh, it's a familiar story. It's the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Uh, Jesus tells this parable um, to uh, certain people who were convinced of themselves, convinced of their righteousness. And so he told this story. He said, two people went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed about himself with these words, God, I thank you that I'm not like everyone else. I'm not a crook or an evildoer or an adulterer or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I receive. Is that how we come to worship? Uh, we, do we come to worship sometimes thinking that our gathering, and we, may, we may not say those things, right? I, I trust that no one says, thank you, God, that I'm not like so-and-so. But sometimes do we not come to worship thinking, um, well, we're, uh, we're doing God a favor or we're doing our duty um, it, it's something we do to show that we, we love God? I don't know. Um, but the passage goes on and it says, But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even lift his eyes to look toward heaven. Rather, he, he struck his chest and he said, God, show, me mercy, show mercy to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this person went down to his home justified rather than the Pharisee. All who lift themselves up will be brought low, and those who make themselves low will be lifted up. Now, while that, um, while, while that passage is about the self-righteousness of the Pharisees, I think it also can speak a bit to us about 
about worship and the attitude with which we come to worship. Uh, uh, See, worship is not just this event that we attend, but worship also involves our inner attitude and our inner disposition. If our inner disposition in gathering for worship is somehow that we're checking a box uh, so that we get to heaven when we die, or if it's this attitude of, well, we, uh, we just come to uh, receive, or we just come to, to hear good music or to hear a message, uh, we um, come to uh, be passive participants in worship then I think we miss out greatly on what worship is about. If we come uh, thinking and celebrating that, uh, well, we, we are at least here and not somewhere else where we could be or where other people are, we miss the point of worship. You see, worship is about coming to encounter the presence of God. Worship is about gathering together so that in our gathering together, we experience God afresh and anew. We experience the very presence of God where we are. I love Psalm 147. It's also a picture of worship. And the psalmist says this, he says, Praise the Lord because it is good to sing praise to our God, because it is a pleasure to make beautiful praise. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem, gathers up Israel's exile. God heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. God counts the stars by number, giving each one a name. Our Lord is great and so strong. God's knowledge can be grasped. The Lord helps the poor, but throws the wicked down on the dirt. Sing to the Lord with thanks. Sing praises to our God with the lyre. God covers the skies with clouds. He makes rain for the earth. God makes the mountains sprout green grass. And God gives food to the animals, even the baby ravens when they cry out. God does not prize strength of a horse. God doesn't treasure the legs of a runner. No, the Lord treasures the people who honor him and the people who wait for his faithful love. You see, Part of worship is coming together so that we might experience God's love. Gathering in worship is a way that we open ourselves up. It it means that we set aside this special time, uh, this intentional time. It doesn't mean the only time that we we worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, but, but when we gather on Sunday morning for our corporate worship, it becomes uh, this microcosm of what worship should look like through the week. In setting this time aside, we, we, we set time aside for this divine human encounter, for this time when we uh, can at least have a scheduled moment where we connect or reconnect with God. Because we all know that throughout the week it is so easy for us to get caught up in in ordinary everyday life that we forget to slow down and recognize God's presence with us. So it's not just that we come here to experience God's presence, but we come here to slow ourselves down and to realize that God's presence is here and God's presence is with us all the time. 
We worship so that we can be drawn into a deeper communion with the triune God, with with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who live in this wonderful community of love. We worship so that we can be drawn deeper into that relationship and into that love so that we might receive more of God's love, so that that love might embrace us and surround us, and so that that love might reorient us and reshape us so that we indeed might share it with others. But worship is not just about what we do. Worship is also about what God does. You see, when we take time to connect with God, when we, when we set aside time to open ourselves up to receive God's love and grace, God does not disappoint us. And as we gather in worship, as we come with this openness and this anticipation uh, that, that God's presence, that Christ's presence, that the Spirit's presence among us will be more visible and more obvious, we begin to experience, as the psalmist said, the many ways in which God might might touch us. And the the interesting thing about worship is that uh, no two people experience worship in the same way. Because you see, our gracious God, He he knows the places in our lives that we need to experience His love and His grace. And so each person might experience it differently. The psalmist says that when we come together and we offer praise and thanksgiving, we come with this attitude and this expectation that we will experience uh, God's grace and, and the communion of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that God rebuilds us corporately as a church and individually. Sometimes God simply uses worship to crack open our hearts, to knock on our doors and to invite us to open them up so that He might get a foot in our lives, so that we might experience His grace and His love. Sometimes in the midst of of worship, uh, God just gathers us together and reminds us that we are not alone, that God is with us and that we are surrounded by people who also seek to love God and to live and love like God in our world. Sometimes God uses worship uh, to mend our broken relationships. Sometimes God uses worship uh, to, to heal the places in our lives where we are hurting and where we are aching. I don't know about you, but one of the most powerful things about gathering together corporately is there are some Sundays, you, you may find this hard to believe, but um, even for pastors, there are some Sundays when I'm like, I got to go to church today. It happens. I mean, there are some weeks when I, they have just, the, the world has been turned upside down, and, and it's almost like, can I just stay in bed all day and sleep? Can I just have a pity party because it's been a rough week? Can I, whatever. But the strange thing about gathering together corporately, at least for me, is strangely when I, get out of bed and show up so that Kobe doesn't have to fill in on short notice, um, I, I begin to see people coming in the building. 
I begin to hear the band and the, and the choir uh, practicing their music. And, and I begin to be reminded I am not alone, that God has not abandoned me. And I, I see the joy on other faces. Um, I, I see, uh, where did Grady go? Oh, he went home. He, he... Boy, I got it. I got it. Grady, come back here. Um, uh, <laughs> I didn't know he was going home. I'm going to have to talk with that boy. Uh, but, but when I see the smiling faces of Grady and Landry greeting folks and, and the kids coming in, um, it, it is just a wonderful um, uplifting And it reminds me that while I may have gotten so distracted that I wasn't able to experience God in deep ways throughout the week, that there are other people who have experienced God, and they remind me of God's presence. And in the, just the gathering together sometimes, just in singing, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. You are such a wonderful God who has done these things. So maybe I'm not so sure this week because I wasn't paying attention, uh, but I am reminded of all the wonderful ways in which God has acted in my lives and in your lives and the stories that I know. And I am reminded that God is good and God is with us and God can be trusted. And in that gathering, Gathering together, I experience a healing. I experience my broken heart being mended and my wounds being bound up. I don't know if that's what you experience in worship, but sometimes that is certainly what I experience in worship. And it is through worship that, as the psalmist tells us, it's through, through worship that God nurtures and grows us. It is through worship that we are, 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 are challenged to go deeper with God. It is in worship we are reminded that God cares about us and the world. It is in worship that our hope is renewed that we are shaped and formed so that as we go forth, uh, we can make decisions that um, are guided by the Holy Spirit. It is in worship that God begins to shape and transform our lives. It is in worship where God reorients us and realigns us so that we can go forth, so that we can go forth paying more attention to the Spirit. It is in worship that God works to reconfigure our priorities and remind us that every moment of the day that God desires to do life with us. You see, I like to think that this time we take on Sunday to speak to spend in worship is a, is a microcosm for, for our whole week and each day. Just think about that. If, if we set this time aside, we, we put this uh, time in our schedules where we are going to show up because we believe that in showing up, we will connect to God. We will experience God's presence. 
We expect that God will speak to us, and we expect that in and through this encounter with God that every other moment of our lives and of our days will be shaped and impacted and be different than if we had not connected with God. And so just think, if we took this this, um, pattern of worship on Sunday morning and we applied it to each day, and we made each day a day of worship. What if each morning we got up and we read Psalm 100 or Psalm 84 uh, or Psalm 147? What if we got up and we read those psalms every day and we were just reminded of God's goodness and God's graciousness and God's presence with us? What if we began each day seeking to connect with God first thing in the morning? Allowing God to speak to us and then inviting God to open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts and to send us forth in the world that we might not forget his presence with us and not just in those moments but in every moment. And then what if we ended our days by again uh, reading from the Psalms, reading passages of Scripture that remind us uh, that God has been with us, causing us to reflect on those places where we have experienced God throughout the day. Maybe if I did that every day, um, I wouldn't have Sundays where I say, I'm just going to call Kobe and let him do it this morning. I, I have to work on that as much as everyone else. But, but I know this. I know that worship is important. I know that when we gather in worship, when we gather together intentionally expecting and anticipating this divine human interaction, that God shows up. God does not disappoint. Because you see, the reality is, is God is already there. It's really just about us becoming more aware of the presence of God that surrounds us all the time with His loving presence. It's really about us opening up ourselves in this moment and in every moment to receive that love, to allow God to pour that love into our hearts and our souls to continue to guide us so that in everything that we do, We are a reflection of Jesus in the world. Ah, For more moments and days that we could do that, I don't know about you, but like the psalmist, I long for those days. I long for those encounters of God's presence. And that's why I keep returning to worship week after week after week. It's why I seek during my day to set aside those encounters with God so that I might be drawn into deeper communion with the God that loves me more than I can even imagine. Into communion with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit whose love is so perfect it is beyond imagination and yet when it touches me there are not words to describe it. All I know is that it impacts and touches every aspect of my life. And it makes life better. May we this Lent commit to putting into practice worship. Coming 
in these moments expecting to encounter God, coming to open ourselves to God's love, anticipating that we will be drawn into a deeper communion, and knowing that when we are, that will enable us to go forth and to share God's love and grace with other people. May that be so in our lives this day and every day.